It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Rams Nation, what's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter from Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. It is the Thursday edition of Locked On Rams. We've got a great show for you today. As promised, we've got Vinny Bunce. As promised, we got Vinny Bonsignor on the show. We're going to kind of pick his brain on the upcoming game, some of the injuries that were coming out, and I'll have to update you on that because we spoke before some of the injury reports broke, as well as his general feel from being around the team, uh, the game last week, and how they're preparing, getting ready on a short week. For this upcoming game versus the Arizona Cardinals and what we can expect on Sunday at the Coliseum. Don't forget before we get off and running, go hit the subscribe button. Share with a friend. Lockdown Rams. We're all over the place. Spotify, iTunes, wherever you download a podcast, we're there. Facebook, we got a Facebook group. We've got Instagram. We've got Twitter. Lockdown Rams all over the place. LA underscore Rambling Bear on Twitter. And yes, I've had a few people over the last couple weeks ask if there's any way that they can contribute or share their feelings, thoughts, comments, concerns, things like that, stuff we always talk about. And I've set up a voicemail that you guys can call into, pull over, get your pen and paper out. The number is 657-345-4988. Again, 657-345-4988. 88 shoot a call in leave a message it's me on the voicemail go straight to voicemail don't worry i'm not picking up leave a quick message whether it's thoughts on the upcoming game once we have the game then you can give your thoughts on that any general comment that you want to say or share with rams nation i'll do my best to pull them throughout the week and bring some of them on the show something that i want to get you guys more involved in as we kind of been spreading our wings here going all over the place all forms of social media, and now we've got this number set up so you guys can ask me questions, ask Vinny or Serena or James a question. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be tons of fun. Uh, When we get this thing kind of figured out through the next couple weeks, maybe we'll even build in a segment for one of the days where we just do some fan questions. Uh, But I really appreciate you guys reaching out. All the new listeners, thank you. Welcome. I got an awesome message from John Danner. He's been a fan since 99, watching as a kid back in the days of the greatest show on turf. He's listening from all the way out in northern Ohio. Again, hearing where you guys are listening from is almost the funnest part for me, kind of knowing how far this nation spreads and where everyone is tuning in from. I love this. You know, it's pretty crazy just thinking this little old bear sitting in his podcast studio out here in LA and and talking to thousands of people all across the country and the world. I think that's amazing. It, it encourages me, wants me to do this more and more. So I appreciate you guys. Understand that the people that are listening here, we are growing and it's because of you guys. So I want to say big ups. Thank you. I appreciate it. Keep it coming, man. Can't stop, won't stop. All right, quick injury update. We talked about it and we will talk about it in this conversation that was had before this was all released. Farrell Cooper is out he will be having surgery we haven't really have a timeline on his return but it's definitely going to be multiple weeks with that being said what they've done is re-sign jojo natson if you guys remember he was on the team during the preseason and had a really good preseason i think at one point we said he ranked in the top five as far as returners in the preseason 
He had a great job in punt and kick returns. John Fossil obviously has some good feelings about him and feeling comfortable putting him back here. Sean McVay talked about wanting to stay away from having using Cooper Cup because he's so important to the offense. And if it comes to that, yeah, they, they will. But uh, Natson has got crazy speed. He did well in the preseason. Bones feels good with it. So that's how we're going to move forward. All right, before we get to the interview, I want to do just kind of a quick hitting pro football focus stat melee right now. You know I love pro football focus here. I'm a big stat guy. My man James Kroger got me into the stat world, breaking down all the fun things that you can do with numbers and that make us look even more awesome. Since pro football focus is friends with the show, they send me this awesome package every week loaded with stats, all this fun stuff to kind of break down the game. And I told James earlier in the week, I said, let's wait till we get some of these fun pro football focus numbers because he was worried about Aaron Donald and how he performed or the lack there of his performance. And I'm going to kind of go through defense, offense, a couple things I saw that I really love that kind of jumped out that made me really excited about this first game. First off, we'll start right there with Aaron Donald. He ended up being the team's second highest graded player on pro football focus with 86.1 I mean, we talked about his conditioning coming into this game, which was a non-factor. He rushed the passer on 42 of Oakland's dropbacks, more than any other defender on the defense. With those 42 rushes to the passer, he created five quarterback pressures. And he had that one sack we talked about that was nullified due to the penalty. With all things considered, that brought him to an 88.2 pass rush grade. As a whole, the Rams defense was able to generate 16 quarterback pressures. So, you know, you're looking at it. He gets five of the 16. Not bad. He ended up with a couple tackles. And that big interception late in the fourth quarter where it looked like Carr was just throwing away. You want to know why he's throwing away? Go back, look at the film. Who do you think's coming right up the middle, right in his face? And he's he got hit earlier by Donald, and he's like, no, 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 not today. I'm going to get rid of this. But that's due to the pressure of Aaron Donald. So it's crazy what he can impact the game with, even when he is not racking up those stats. So uh, I thought that was amazing. I wanted to kind of share that. We talked about that on Rams podcast uh, yesterday. If you guys didn't know, we dropped a Rams podcast today. I'm not going to toot my own horn, but it was a pretty... Pretty good episode. So go on, check that out over at Rams Podcast. James put it up about 45 minutes. We had a blast doing it. Flipping the script to the offense. You know, there's the man, the myth, the girly. That was my game ball. He picked up right where he left off last season. 20 carries, 108 yards. That puts him at second in the NFL for rushing right now behind James Conner. Le'Veon Bell, how you feeling, bud? Trying to get that paper, but James Conner with his ugly-ass haircut, if you haven't seen it, Google it, <laughs> took over the league's lead in rushing. I think that's going to hopefully even out here. They got the Browns coming up, and we've got Arizona, so I expect Todd to have another big game. With the 108 yards, don't forget about the catches he added in there as well, he contributed to eight first downs and a touchdown. Along with that, he was able to avoid two tackles and averaged 3.2 yards after contact per attempt on 20 carries. So... Gotta love that. He's a tough guy to get down. We saw that in the second half. He kind of sparked us, broke a few tackles, got out there, made some big plays. But Todd Gurley, great job. The stats agree. And then probably the most underrated part of this game that I, you know, we're on Thursday and I'm finally talking about it. Uh, we touched on it over the week, but our offensive line play. Oh my goodness. Just nasty. Pure nastiness. Pro Football Focus puts out a team of the week offense and defense every week. And 
four of the five Rams offensive linemen are on the team. You're looking at this list and you're like, wait, is this just the Rams roster? Oh my, oh, this is the all-star team. Okay, okay, I get it. Wait, oh my gosh, our whole team's on it. Rob Havenstein, 83.5. Roger Saffold, 86.4. Andrew Whitworth, 84.5. And who ranks in at number one on the offensive line for week one? None other than Austin Blythe. Big ups, Mr. Blythe. We got to start talking about this little right guard controversy that we may have on our hands here. Once Brown gets back week three, if Austin Blythe is playing this way, I don't know if McVeigh's going to really just give the job back to Brown. Uh, this might be something, you know, you always hear quarterback controversy. Um, this may be getting into a right guard controversy because Austin Blythe played out of his mind. He had zero quarterback pressures on 36 pass blocking snaps. And the offensive line as a unit only gave up two quarterback pressures all night. And if you ask Jared Goff, he probably takes one of those as ownership, holding the ball a little bit too long. The strip sack, uh, which we ended up recovering, again, from our O-line hustling and and getting his back. But man, that O-line. And that just starts to scratch your head even more. Why weren't we running the ball earlier? McVay, he'll look at these numbers. He'll check it out. He's watching the tape. He looked rough today in the press conference, by the way. He was late by about 18 minutes. First question was, why are you late? And he just kind of had this look like, really, bro? You know, we're coming off a long week. We got a short week ahead of us. Didn't get a lot of sleep, but toughed it out. Did the press conference, but you could tell it was one of the first times I looked at him. I was like, he does not want to be there. He is not chipper. But Sunday is just around the corner, and I'm sure that's going to cheer him up. Everyone loves game day. Well, guys, I'm going to jump over to my conversation I had earlier with Vinny. It's an awesome one. I can't wait. He's going to be on every week from now until week 17. We're excited to have him. Tomorrow is Serena Morales, LA Rams reporter, so tune into that as well. Content, content, content. I'm your guy. I'm going to bring it to you. Before we get out of here, you know what? Before we get out of here and move to the interview, you... Before we get out of here and move to that conversation, you know what I got to talk about. MyBookie.ag. Go check it out, guys. I love it. I've seen you guys even give me some of your picks on Facebook. That's awesome. I want to hear who you're picking. We we went through three games with the Cardinals, took our picks. Go check it out. MyBookie.ag. Use promo code LOCKEDON. It's not so much who you're betting on, but where you're betting on. And MyBookie is the place to be. Fast payouts. In-game live betting. Their mobile app is easy. You understand where you're putting your money. They've got everything you can imagine to bet on from UFC to NFL to future bets. They've got it all. So go check it out, mybookie.ag. Tell them Bear sent you. Get your deposit matched, and you can thank me later. And hook me up with some picks, man. I am struggling. We'll be right back after a quick word from a sponsor. And then on the other side, it's Vinny Bonsignor talking all things Rams. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
Rams Nation, welcome back. It's your host, Bear Motter. It's the Thursday edition of Lockdown Rams. We've got Vinny Bonsignor with us. What we're going to do is we're actually going to jump ahead a few minutes into the interview. My stupid MacBook Pro deleted the first couple minutes of the interview. Basically, I was introducing him. We had a quick review of the game, what his thoughts were, and where we're going to jump in is he was talking about the atmosphere at the game, and we'll just take the interview from there. Don't forget to follow him, at Vinny Bonsignor. Also, check out The Athletic LA. He writes for them now. We talk about it a lot, but go check him out. It's super cheap. The content's awesome. He's also on AM570, so we're going to kind of jump ahead Here's where we kind of rejoin the conversation with Vinny. Here he is talking about the atmosphere in the Coliseum and how that could affect the team. And we'll just take it from there. You know, I know that that might not sound like a big deal, but it's a real thing. Um, you know, this is, it's a situation, I can go back to a practice in Baltimore where, um, you know, just being on the practice field with another team uh, was a bit of a curveball for players and as they're trying to figure out cadences and what they're trying to do and, uh, and, and do it on the fly. So you can only imagine, uh, you know, on, on an opening night, uh, having to do that against a team, they literally had nothing to, to go on, relevant to go on, recent to go on. So it took a little while. And on top of that, uh, we all know uh, the Rams offense didn't take a snap together all preseason. So there was a bit of a uh, adjustment period just to that, the speed of the game, the, the environment, um, a real opponent uh, opposite you uh, getting hit, getting tackled. All of those things played a little bit of a role, I think, in, in it taking a bit of time. But once, you know, once the adjustments were made, once the Rams were figuring out what's going on, uh, I thought they played pretty well, darn well, uh, especially in that second half, to win decisively on the road in a tougher environment. And to me, those are good things. Those are not, that's not anything to, uh, to be ashamed of or, or to be overly critical of. Winning in the NFL is really, really hard, especially under those circumstances, and I thought they'd take a care, care of business. Yeah, and Jared Goff continues to prove winning on the road is almost kind of his M.O. at this point. He's, I mean, done so great in the past now two years, if you're just counting this one game this year, on the road, which is an amazing feeling because that's a tough place just to go on the road in the NFL and get a win, not only going to the black hole. You talked about that atmosphere. Correct me if I'm wrong. You were you were there uh, for the game. Did you travel with the team? And just kind of really I'm trying to get an understanding of what was their uh, feel going into the game and excitement and, and with that crowd and then post-game, uh, if you were around them at all, kind of how that uh, came together after that win. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could say that um, leading up to the game, they were champing at the bit uh, to finally get out there and show off their new toys and show off the new plays that they've put in um, and just just get out there and start uh, the process of realizing these significant expectations that are on them and, and the expectations that they agree with and that they embrace, uh, and, they're, and they're ready to meet that challenge. So there was really, there was a sense of, let's get this going, let's get rolling on this. Uh, afterwards, um, definitely satisfaction of, of winning a, a game and winning it going away and taking care of business at the most critical um, time, which is the second half. I thought there was a lot of pride in the fact that and a lot of appreciation for the fact that it didn't come easy in that first half. And, and there's a process um, that you have to kind of uh, you know readjust to on the making of adjustments. I'm going into the locker room and getting things figured out before you go back out there in the second half. And the guys that I talked to um, were, were actually kind of happy that it, that it unfolded the way it did in, in that they were challenged to do all of those things. They were challenged 
to make the kind of adjustments uh, that they needed to make. And the process worked. They went into the second half um, or at, at halftime, and, and Wade Phillips sat everybody down, and they went over what they saw on film, and here's what we need to do. And they went out and executed it at a really high level, uh, both offensively and, and defensively. So uh, there was – obviously they know that there's room to grow. Uh, there always is. There's improvements. There's things that need to get cleaned up. But for a first game – um, to win the way they did, uh, they were absolutely uh, ecstatic and satisfied with it. Yeah, McVeigh talked about it in his press conference a little bit as well, that the adversity of being down at halftime was really something that they can take away from this game as being awesome for them, as growing. As, you know, we saw adversity on the road. We were able to regroup, come out, and play how we know that we can play, and then go out there and basically shut them out in the second half and go get the win. So fun to see this team who, you know, obviously we talked about the expectations are crazy high for them, to go out and really not come out banging right out the beginning and have to fight through and, and really earn that respect on their own 53-man roster. And I want to talk to you about, obviously, McVeigh gave the game ball to Marcus Peters. How big is that, that we got some of those newcomers, you know, clicking right away? He got the big pick six, you know, in his hometown. How big is that for the Rams to get some of those newcomers uh, out of the gate fast? Well, you know, uh, there were seven new starters on defense uh, on Monday night. That's a lot uh, from one year to the next. And it was a pretty good defense the year before. Yeah, there were, they struggled in some in some areas, but it was a pretty darn good defense uh, in 2017. So to, so to put seven new starters out on the field – on opening night and, uh, you know, kind of go through a little bit of a, of, a, of, of some growing pains early on, uh, and then to turn around and do what they did in the second half against a pretty good offensive line, against a pretty good quarterback. He struggled. Derek Carr did. A lot of that was the result of what the Rams were, were doing, but that's a good quarterback. That's a good offensive line. Amari Cooper is a good wide receiver. Jared Cook, <laughs> at least for one night, was a pretty good, uh, was a pretty good tight end. So it wasn't like they were going against um, you know, uh, just nobody's. That was a pretty good offense that they were playing against, and John Gruden coaching it. So uh, for for those for those seven new players to acclimate um, pretty quickly uh, is a, is a really good sign. And of course, Marcus Peters doing what he did, going back up up to Oakland. Um, you know, to put a, an exclamation point on that uh, on that on that you know with that with that pick six touchdown. Uh, that was big, and what I really uh, uh, took away from that was the appreciation of his teammates and the appreciation and respect of his coaches. Uh, giving him that game ball, I thought, was a, 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 a wise move on uh, Sean McVay's part because, you know, as I wrote about, he, he's in his corner. He's got his back, and for Marcus, a lot of this is about that, about that kind of respect and being able to come someplace that's going to allow him to be him, you know, staying within the lines. They don't want to cross over it and get a silly penalty or, or do some of the things that he's, he's been known to do at times on the football field. But short of that, just expressing yourself and being yourself. This is a team and a franchise that's, that's allowing for that. And, and for Marcus Peters to get that message, I think is a big thing. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It was really fun to see Sean McVay running down the field and, you know, literally <laughs> picking him up and giving him a big hug. I can tell. I mean, just like you said, that means a lot to a guy like Marcus Peters where, you know, coming from the Chiefs and you you always hear in 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 professional sports that you want to be wanted, right? And the Chiefs showed that right. they wanted to go a different direction and the Rams stepped up and said, "We want you." And McVay, you're right, has had his back since day 1 since he got here in that opening press conference 
to giving him the game ball. And you could tell how much it meant to him when he broke down the team. You know, he did the family on three. And you could just tell the, the sincerity in his voice. He, he kind of found a home here. And that's really exciting to get him going, you know, game one and really kind of d- continue to deliver that message. Um, we're going to take a quick break, get a word from our sponsors. We're going to be back with more from Vinny. I want to ask you a few more questions on the other side about the defense and then looking ahead to this week's matchup versus the Arizona Cardinals. We'll be right back after a word from these sponsors. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked on Fancy Football with your Locked on Fancy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fancy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, we are back with Vinny Bonsignor. I'm your host, Bear Motter. This is Locked On Rams, the Thursday edition. Uh, excited to have you on again. As we kind of left, we were talking about that defense and, you know, uh, Marcus Peters making big plays. You mentioned seven new guys on the defense side of the ball, which is just crazy. And, and then to even think about the expectations that we've have, as fans and as you know, media have put on them to, to be successful. But they did struggle a little bit early in the game. Again, we talked about them not playing much in the preseason. Uh, but they struggled against the run. That was one of their Achilles last year. And then you mentioned it. Cooks, man, he had... Uh, I think it was nine or 10 catches for 180 yards. That middle was being taken advantage of all night long. What do the Rams have to do on defense? Is this going to be an issue all year long? Or do you think that kind of goes back to like just getting chemistry with these new guys? A little bit of, I think it's chemistry. Uh, A little bit, I think is, is getting Mark Barron uh, back. He was uh, a really good pass defender last year from his linebacker position, Uh, getting him back into that role, getting him back healthy, I think is really, really important. But, you know, the good news is you have two cornerbacks that were basically shutting out wide receivers, so they had to work that part of the field. That was really the only thing that they had available. They took a really they took great advantage of that, um, especially in that first half. But I thought that the, the Rams kind of cleaned that up a little bit um, and mitigated it uh, in, in the second. But there's going to be, you know, every team has some holes in it or some areas where an offense can, can exploit. And these are, you know, great coaches that they're going against, and they'll figure that out. But it's on Wade and the defense to, okay, so that's what you're doing. Here's what we're going to do to, to counter that. And, and to me, um, there isn't a better coach in the NFL, defensive coach in the NFL. Um, you know, Bill Belichick, obviously, we could talk about him all day, but, but, but Wade Phillips is right up there defensively on making those kind of adjustments. So it's, and it, it goes back to last year. There were times where they would struggle in a certain area in the first half. Lo and behold, in the second half, that, that weakness went away. Um, they weren't able to, the other team wasn't able to exploit what they were uh, in the first half. So um, I, I think that that's a, a great thing for the Rams to have an asset like that. And a bunch of smart players, too. That's another thing about Marcus Peters and Tlaib and Sue and, and Donald. Yeah, we sometimes get caught up in, in some of those newcomers, some of the um, swagger that they bring and the, and, the, and the attitude. 
uh, that they bring and, and some of the things, the antics sometimes. But you talk to their coaches, and these are smart football players, and, and the Rams are predicated on intelligence uh, with, their, with their players. Um, and so for those guys to be able to carry out um, the adjustments on top of Wade Phillips being the guy that's giving them the adjustments, um, it, it, it's, it's shaping up, I think, as a defense that could be really, really special. Yeah, you, talk, you, you see how they adjusted from one half to another. I'm excited to see how they can adjust from one game to another and continue to grow. Uh, we talked about it, obviously, again, those seven new starters. They're going to need some time to continue to trust each other and learn and, and more time under Wade and more game film they get on other teams. You talked about not having much on the Raiders. Uh, it could be pretty scary as this goes forward. Uh, you mentioned Mark Barron. Uh, we're recording here on Wednesday, so when this releases on Thursday, we may have some more information on him. Uh, what do you expect for him moving forward as far as uh, the injury and ex- when we can expect to see him? And then second part of that injury question is, obviously, Farrell Cooper, uh, tough ankle sprain. Sounds like he's going to be out. Maybe needs surgery, potentially. Could be a longer stint. And then Mike Thomas is out. How are we going to fill the roster? I know I've been kind of watching. There's been the Rams been making some moves as far as adjusting some player contracts i think we've opened up uh, some extra you know three four five million dollars are they potentially looking to go get somebody or is this saving for next year just kind of walk me through this injury situation we have going on with the rams right now yeah i mean um i, I think once they figure out hey does does pharaoh have to go on ir um you know that that'll, that's a game changer right there and then i think that that does open up the possibility of them going outside to find somebody that can that can fill that you know that role. I mean, Cooper Cup is the next man up in that situation. But man, do you want to risk um, Cooper uh, when he is so important to you uh, in the in the whole scheme of your offense? So um, you know, maybe on a game or two situation, and, and basically instruct him, especially on punt returns. You know, don't be afraid to fair catch it. We're okay with that. We need right, you, uh, right. the next play. Um, you know, and even on kickoffs, you know, a lot of those are going into the end zone as it is. But I would imagine that teams would start challenging him to, you know, kick it to the five or so and, and try to try to put it on him to uh, to return it. You know, we have to, uh, I'm sure, wait a, wait a little while to figure out um, what is going on with Farrah Cooper. Hopefully we get some word on that, you know, before this airs uh, tomorrow. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll just have to kind of wait and see. But I would not rule out if he has to be out for an extended period of time, or even if surgery is involved, anytime you talk about surgery, that could be season-ending type situation. Not saying that that's what it is, but you always have to account for that. Then, then yeah, there's a possibility that they could go outside the building to, to find a replacement. And then we've got Kadero Hodge sitting there on the practice squad. Is he, I mean, what were the thoughts for him uh, as far as on the practice squad? How close was he to making the team? Is that maybe someone, maybe a short term that we could bring up? Yeah, I think that that would be somebody that uh, that would probably get the first kind of crack. Um, and he 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 was impressive during training camp, and they liked him. Uh, obviously, they kept him around. Um, they decided to uh, you know to, to stick with Mike um, rather than 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 Hodge uh, on the final cut. But it shows you what they think about him to bring him back the way they did on the practice squad. And that that's one of the reasons that you're there on the practice squad in case something does happen on the varsity. Um, you have somebody there that uh, that you can call up. So I think that he would be um, somebody that we're probably going to see sooner rather than later if this thing is a is a is a big deal with with Farrow Cooper. Again, the tricky part is you got to wait a little while because you know you put him on the IR and he's done for a period of time, if not the whole season, right. um, even if he is healthy. So you have to kind of manage that and 
and and and see see how it all plays out. But yes, Hodge would definitely be somebody in the mix. And then just from your, you know, kind of just throwing this out there and in, in your opinion, Mark Barron sounded like he was close this last game. Is it safer to maybe just let him rest another game? I'm not saying the Cardinals matchup, which I'm going to ask you about next is, you know, a walk in the park, but maybe trying to make sure he is healthy or was he that close that there's a good chance we could see him this Sunday? Well, one of the things that I guess was, was hopeful about it all was that, uh, you know, the last time we talked to Sean before, Monday was um, Saturday night, and you know he was leaving open the possibility of, hey, this is a late game. We're going to take it as far as we can on Monday night. That t- tends to let you know that it's fairly close, and as close as, hey, he woke up this morning and he feels great, type of a thing. Right. Um, and and it seems like this is that kind of a situation where it's just sort of a day to day, how do you feel kind of a thing, rather than you know, a broken bone or a, or a legitimate sprain or, you know, uh, whatever the case might be. This is something that it seems like it's just more, how are you feeling? And, um, and, and that's, I guess, pretty good. Uh, but, you know, I've seen situations where you just don't ever feel right, you know, and, and whether whatever that injury might be or whatever that problem it is right now, and it seems more of the, the Achilles than anything else, if he's not feeling right, then he's not feeling right, and, and he can't get back on the field as a result. But, Good news is it seems like that was kind of close, but with Mark, it's just it's a challenge. You know, he's been hurt a lot since uh, since they've been here in Los Angeles last year. He missed a couple of games, and you know was was on a really short lease practice wise to try to just get him through the season. So um, you know it, it, it's it's always sort of been that for him, and this just kind of adds to the whole thing. Yeah, well, hopefully when we get him back, we can get him back for a long period of time because it's never fun when you, you get excited about a guy's back and then, you know, goes out there the first game and gets banged up. Uh, we have the home opener. Everyone's really excited here at the Coliseum. Uh, Cardinals coming in. Last year, our home opener uh, was against the Colts, 46-9 to blowout victory. It was kind of this, you know, welcome to L.A., Jared Goff type of feeling when, when we went out and finally performed under the Sean McVay era. We were 3-4 and four at home last year. How important is this, this opening game to really beat a team that, on paper and really looking over last week, is we should win? How important is this game? I think it's, it's, it's really important. You want to, uh, you know, and we talked about on Monday night how they didn't win with the great style points, especially in that first half. But this is one where I think that they should uh, flex their muscles a little bit. I mean, they are that good, um, and there's there's no reason to to run from that or to put it on the down low or to pretend like those expectations don't exist. It's a team that they are better than. Uh, you're at home, um, and and uh, you're, you're going to have a, a, a good crowd there. Um, I, I think this is one where you take care of business, and uh, if it's a sloppy game, I think that that's. It, I wouldn't say that it's caused to over be overly concerned. But it's cause for we need to stop this. We need to nip this kind of stuff at the butt, and we need to come out strong from the opening gun to the last gun and play the way they're capable of playing. So I don't expect that to happen. I expect that them to be just fine. I think they take care of business fairly easily. Yeah, well, so that kind of transitions into my next question. My bookie's a big uh, sponsor of the show here. We just did an episode with the Lockdown Cardinals where we kind of went through some of the predictions that were going on on my bookie and the spread. And I just want to get your take. The spread's 13 points. You think the Rams cover that? Uh, that's a big number, but um, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't. Um, I think they are. They're, they're two touchdowns superior to this team for sure uh, on, on paper. And, and I think that they... 
I think that game um, against Oakland kind of got some of the rust off, if there was, what it, to whatever extent there was rust. The one thing that I, you know, the short week always plays a little bit of a factor. They're not practicing today, they, or they didn't practice on Wednesday, so, you know, Thursday will be their first real practice uh, of the week, and it's, and then on Friday they'll be a, a pretty sharp practice as, as typical so, um, you know, there's some circumstances that they're going to have to manage and deal with, but they're better than this team, and, and I do expect them to cover that spread. Yeah, quick turnaround, and then, you know, obviously we got uh, next week's game versus the Chargers, and then another quick turnaround for the Thursday night game. So McVay is tested early, not only on the field, but in his scheduling. Uh, we'll see how that comes to fruition. He's, like you said, given the break, and they're only going to practice a couple times this week. I like it. I think it gives them coming in healthy. You trust what you saw on Monday night and uh, the matchup we got here that they can come out and still perform. Vinny, thank you so much for joining us. Guys, he's going to be on weekly with us. Every week, probably around this same day, we're going to kind of develop that as we go. Again, he's Rams, an NFL beat writer for the Athletic LA. If you don't have a subscription, I don't know what you're doing at this point. Go get it. He puts up awesome content there. You can catch him also on AM570. Vinny, what's your Twitter handle again? It's at uh, Vinny Boston New York. Awesome. I, so, had, I had to think for a second because I, I changed it recently. <laughs> I was going to uh, say, yeah. Switch, so I... <laughs> no worries. I want to keep you on your Twitter uh, handle. Yeah, I want to keep you on your toes at the, at the very end there. So I appreciate your time. We'll see you next week. We're looking forward to your coverage of the Rams in the meantime. Awesome, man. Thank you very much. Have a good week and enjoy the game on Sunday. Hey, Locked On listeners. You already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fancy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fancy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.